You're listening to the Sex with Dr. Jess podcast. Sex and relationship advice you can use tonight. Welcome to the Sex with Dr. Jess podcast. I am your friendly neighborhood sexologist, Jessica O'Reilly, and I am back home up in, well, almost home, up in Chile, Canada this week, and thankful to be heading to the Taboo Shows, where I'll be hosting seminars with my favorite sex toy brand, WeVibe. And while I'm at these shows, I'm going to be checking out almost everything they have to offer from some really beautiful burlesque performances to erotic art installations, and dungeon demonstrations. So my plan is, if I have time, to try out one of those latex vacuum beds. So these are the, they almost look like a bag made of latex, a big black bag the size of a body, and you lie inside. They use a vacuum device to suck the air out of the bag so that the latex gets sucked in really close to your skin and it really feels like a very sensual and safe second skin and you just breathe through a straw. So I've tried this out once before, the vacuum bag, but this time I want to play a bit more with temperature and hot water and cold water and it's such an incredible sensation to feel hot or cold water being poured on your skin but you're perfectly dry because there's a layer of latex in between the two of you. So having said all that, uh, check out my my Facebook because I'll probably be posting on Facebook Live, hopefully if I, if I have time to get into one of these vacuum bags. And of course, I'll be trying all of this out under the supervision and guidance from some more experienced folks. So it's not something you just do at home, obviously, and we'll talk a little bit about the safety precautions on the Facebook Live as well. So check that out. And if you miss it, there's obviously going to be a replay on the Sex with Dr. Jess Facebook page. Now, before I invite my guest on, I want to say thank you to adamandeve.com. Adam and Eve is offering you 50% off almost any single item plus free shipping on your entire order if you use code Jess, J-E-S-S. So if you're in the market for vibrators, lingerie, lube, dildos, butt plugs, all that fun stuff, Check them out at adamandeve.com and use discount code JESS. Now today we're going to be talking about the body, sex, the vagina, and orgasm. I am really thankful to have Dr. Jessica Shepard with me here to answer your questions related to sex and the body. Dr. Shepard is an OBGYN and women's health expert. She's the founder of Her Viewpoint, an online women's health forum that focuses on addressing taboo topics in a really comfortable and professional and thoughtful setting. As an OBGYN, she practices at Baylor University Medical Center in Dallas, which I understand is a recent move, and specializes in minimally invasive gynecology. Hello, Dr. Shepard. Hello, Dr. Jess. I'm so glad that we've got this time together because you were like the perfect person to talk about these taboo topics. But again, bringing it full circle so it's, you know, bite size and people can understand it. And that's what I love most about talking to you about this. Oh, thank you so much. Now, on a personal note, you just made a big move. Is that correct? You're now in Dallas? I mean, a huge move. So we went from Chicago, again, great city to Dallas, great city as well, but obviously difference in weather. But 
guess what? There's lots of women here too. So, you know, I'm happy to be seeing women here talking about gynecology, talking about women's health and just spreading the word and making women very comfortable with talking about their sexuality and their body. You do amazing work. I also love following you on Instagram. I'm loving your recent fitness photos. And I don't want to downplay, obviously, your incredible work and your intelligence. I am also really liking following you on Instagram, uh, your personal photos, your professional photos. I am in love with your arms, and I don't want to downplay your medical expertise and contribution to the field of women's health. But those are some fabulous arms. So follow Dr. Shepherd and her work and her arms on Instagram. What's your Instagram handle? Ooh, thank you so much for that. It's Jessica Shepherd MD. Jessica Shepherd MD. And I just want to like give a quick shout out to Girls Gone Strong because they have really helped me focus on fitness and figuring out, you know, how to have my nutrition set up and how to really get my body in tune the way I want. Girls Gone Strong. I'm going to be following them too. Now, we're going to dive right in here. I receive a lot of questions that are beyond my purview because they relate to sex, but they also relate to medical and the body. So I'm going to read some questions from listeners and hopefully you can, I know you can help us out. So beginning with this person wants to know, why do I spot after deep sex? I think that is a great question because it can be quite jarring when someone sees blood after intercourse and they're like, oh my God, did I injure something? Am I hurt? Do I need to go see, you know, my doctor? So if you think about the the vagina, it's like, I like to <laughs> compare it, it may sound funny, but compare it to like a sock. So you have your opening of your sock and then at the toe is a, a closed ending. So that's similar to the vaginal vault and at the top you have your cervix, which is the bottom portion of your uterus. So just like anything, you know, your cervix has glands which secrete mucus and, and sometimes blood and also has during your period, that's where blood can come from sometimes in addition to inside the uterus. So long explanation, but the reason why women will have spotting after rough sex or deep penetration is because that cervix sometimes just gets irritated just like anything else that might have some of those things that come because of constant irritation, you can have spotting. So it's not abnormal. The reason I would want someone to go see their gynecologist if they had spotting is if it was with every time they had sex or there's some type of pain that's involved or worst case scenario, if it's continuous bleeding or it's heavy bleeding, that's when we really want women to come to their gynecologist. Okay, great. Right. The first question I have from a listener is pretty straightforward, and I know you've got the answer. Why do I spot after deep or rough sex? Great question. I think I've seen many women who have this question. It can be quite jarring when you do have blood after sex or deep penetration during intercourse because it can be do I need to go to the emergency room? These are the questions that I hear from women. Do I need to go to my doctor? Is something wrong with me? And so the important part is to understand a little bit of anatomy. So I'll just go quickly through the, va the vagina, how it's shaped somewhat similar to a sock. Some may find that funny, but you'll always remember <laughs> that the vagina is somewhat similar to a sock. So you have your open ending. Then at the top, you have kind of your blind closed end, which is similar to where the cervix is, which is the lower part of the uterus. So again, if you have deep penetration during sex or rough sex, the vagina can have some little irritations, some small little cuts. 
and also the cervix too. So you can have bleeding from that. The reasons I would want women to go talk to their doctor about it is if it is recurring. So it happens every time you have intercourse or you know, penetrating, deep penetrating sex, or if it's very heavy bleeding, or if there's pain involved. So again, it can happen. It really depends on how often it's happening and what's happening with it as well. Okay, great. Thank you for that. And is there anything you can do about it if it's just, if it's normal and harmless? I mean, I mean, I can think from a practical perspective, don't, don't have sex in positions that you hit the cervix, um, have more shallow sex, which can actually be more pleasurable, right? For many of us, we like it a bit shallower. I'm so, I'm so glad you brought that up because I think there is this perception that if it's not very rough or deep sex, it's not uh, enjoyable. And like you just said, quite opposite, you can have very pleasurable sex with not as much deep penetration. So again, d- positioning different, whether you're you know, doing doggy style, if it's missionary, if it's woman on top, if that particular position is causing the bleeding, then yes, you may need to change position. Okay. Or you can, you know, not worry either. If, if a doctor clears you and there's a little oh, bit, yeah. bit of blood, it just means, it means more laundry. But if it means, if you're doing more laundry, I guess you're having more sex and that might be a good thing. <laughs> exactly. So keep it going. Also, a good time to include lubricant. If you find that maybe it's because you might have a drier vagina for older women who are past menopause, that can be an issue of why you're having bleeding as well. So definitely use lubricant. Again, that's their perception that if you lose, use lubricant, you're not having good sex. But I always advocate for young women, old women, whatever type of women use lubricant. Um, this is an excellent segue. It's like you're reading my mind because the next set of questions pertain to lubrication and how wet you get, getting too wet, not getting wet enough. But I, I want to bring up, I'm uh, in Montreal right now for Le Salon de l'Amour et de la Séduction. So it's a, a sex trade show and we give out samples of Astroglide. And uh, my husband helps me out down here. Uh, we, we call him Lube Dude, although he's much more than that. And when he gives out these samples, sometimes women and men will say, uh, we don't need that. Like it's a status to not require lube. Can you speak to that a little bit? Yeah, I think, you know, that's the socialization of sex. There's also the Hollywood um, perception of what sex, good sex is and what bad sex is, which is a lot of times incorrect and very wrong. And also the porn industry as well. So again, you know, from being very wet and very lubricated, that's depicted as, again, someone who's having better sex or good sex. So again, everyone is different, just like some people have a lot of snot, some people have a lot of earwax, and some people don't. So it's really the way the body chooses to produce some of our secretions all over the body. So some people do have more than others. Now, how that affects your sex life, again, can be different for others. Some people don't necessarily make a lot of uh, lubricant in the vagina, but their, their sex life is fine. And some people even make a moderate amount and still feel that they need more. So it really is tuning into your body and figuring out, would lubricant actually help or maybe enhance my sex? And it does not mean that because I'm using lubricant, that sex is bad. So I too, absolutely. Like I would love to be called the lube girl, just like your husband is. <laughs> I am steady talking about lubricant in the office because I love that women will at least open their minds to possibly enhancing or changing some of the sex practices that they have to include, include lubricant. Right. And you can't do the Claudia, which is the hand job to end all blow jobs without lubricant anyway. Right. Um, not I mean, that it's all about hand jobs. That's a lot but of you can't do the. 
Okay. And from a practical perspective, you can just use your bed sheets, right? I find if, if there's too much lubrication, because some of us need a lot of friction on the outside to reach orgasm, just grab the bed sheet. Like if you, you know, sacrifice the bed sheet. So basically, if you're having great sex, sometimes it means more laundry and laundry is no big deal. Um, now you brought up diet. This, yes. this next person wants to know, can I do anything with my diet or lifestyle or supplements? to get more wet. I used to be in better shape. And since I stopped working out, I'm not as wet anymore. And that goes again to how I like to make sure that women realize that their physical health, their emotional health, their mental health, all goes into the wheelhouse of how we feel sexually, how we're able to um, produce as a body. So there are things that you're going to find in your body that changes when, one, you're not as fit as you could be, or your diet is not as optimal as you would like it to be. So all those things can make one better than the other or be in your best optimal health. You do find that everything changes as far as fatigue, how you respond, your memory, and also how you enjoy sex and how you're able to, in, you know, just be in a better sexual uh place in your life because of all the things that are contributing to that with our mental, social, emotional, and physical health. I really appreciate that, you know, you're a Western medical doctor, but you take a more holistic approach to health and sexual health. And I, I'm thinking that stress must play a role, not just with lubrication, but with other elements of sexual arousal and response. And when you are eating well or exercising or just generally feeling healthy, your stress levels can be lower and the body often responds favorably, whether it means you know, getting wet, again, not that it's a measure of sexual pleasure, but you might find that you function in a more optimal way if your stress levels are lower. And I imagine you can attest to that. Oh, stress impacts so much of our health than we would even imagine. It happens on a cellular level, but what it affects in our body is so much more than we would, can even imagine. And you will see that with patients, even like if we're discussing infertility, you know, we have patients who have infertility issues and when their stress levels go down, a lot of times patients are able to conceive without having to necessarily go through some of the things that we have planned out for them. So stress really does play a part. Cortisol levels go up, really how our body reacts, all stress related. Yeah. So this one wants to know if there are any benefits to finishing or ejaculating in the bum. And I'm going to say, are there any risks and are there any benefits? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, especially as we begin to discuss more openly uh, anal sex, there really are no added benefits to um, ejaculating in the bum. The, I will say the added benefit, if we were to find one, is that it reduces pregnancy for sure. Um, so if someone was, you know, thinking of ways to have sexual intercourse that wouldn't increase their risk of getting pregnant would be uh, ejaculating obviously in the bum. The risk with that, again, the tissue in the anal and the rectal region are not as forgiving as the vagina. So again, there, there may be more increased risk of having, you know, cuts or abrasions or lacerations to that area uh, because of the, the mechanical force and the dilation that occurs when you have anal sex. So risks, again, are going to be the same as if you're having penile vaginal sex, which would be STDs, and also increased risk of having maybe HPV, which is the human papillomavirus, which can increase your risk for rectal cancer. Okay, and so the first line of defense um, 
I mean, obviously, not having sex is the only safe sex, but to reduce the risk, you're recommending, obviously, lube, because that's going to reduce the risk of fissures and tears. But condoms, anything else we should be aware of? Being aware that you should always let your health provider know uh, when you are in for an annual or you're going to the gynecology uh, for your annual well women visit is to really let them know that you do engage in anal sex so that discussion can be had. And they're actually, we, we do anal paps on people who do pap smears on the anus. If you do have anal sex and we know that to make sure that you're not exposing yourself to possible HPV and possibly later down the road, any cancers. That, that's going to be a difficult conversation. Um, and, I, you know, of course, we want healthcare providers to ask the right questions, but they're not all trained to do that. So how do I bring that up with my physician? How do I say, uh, you know, I have, I have anal sex, hands up, it's me. <laughs> like, what, what's your recommendation in terms of starting that conversation? Starting the conversation, um, making sure that you're comfortable. I always say the best way to bring up a conversation is to make sure that the person you're having a conversation with is someone you're comfortable with. So finding a doctor or healthcare provider that you feel comfortable talking to, because then you're more likely to bring up those types of conversations. So the ways that we usually say, you know, when we have our sexual uh, history part of the exam, we can say, you know, I do have intercourse and I have intercourse in more than one area. And so that sometimes can lead to, okay, more than one area, is that oral, is that anal? And hopefully, you know, the physician or the healthcare provider can kind of take that clue and expand the conversation at that time. Great. And if I were to turn the tables, what should doctors be asking? What should the physicians be asking? Because they'll sometimes say, are you sexually active? But that's not a very specific question. Not so what should they be asking? When you say, are you sexually active? And the answer may be yes or no. The follow-up uh, question, even if it is or yes or no, because some people do not think that oral sex is sexual intercourse. And so what we need to start asking is making sure that we cover all of the orifices, oral, vaginal, anal, and making sure that's very vivid in either the questionnaire that you know patients answer when they come into the office on paper, and also in the exam room if they felt uncomfortable putting it on paper to make sure that all of those are covered in that discussion of sexual history. And I, I know this is a big question, like what can we do to make doctors more comfortable? Obviously, like mandatory training when they're in med school, but do you do any work in this area? Because you, you're amazing, and uh, some doctors are really incredible, and others, of course, because they're human beings, have really serious sexual hangups themselves, and that can carry over into the exam room. What do we do? I see that a lot. I see that when I work with medical students or even with residents, getting them to the point where I want them to lead into those types of questions, always being investigative and asking more questions in a comfortable fashion too. You never want to be offensive, but making sure that you cover all of those different um, categories and spaces and making sure that we're, as a provider, that we're getting all the information that we need to make better diagnoses and to make sure that our patients are being taken care of in the best fashion possible. Okay, great. Thank you. And I know you're doing great work in the area. I, I almost wish that all medical professionals had to take um, a SAR, a, a sexual attitude reassessment course or something like that, because you're the first people, per, you are the first people that they go to, right? They're, you're the ones that they go to with these sexual questions. Most people are not Googling a sexologist. <laughs> 
Right. <laughs> They're not. And I actually have a lot of patients who I recommend sex therapists for. Um, and they seem very taken aback when I, you know, recommend them. But then when I explain why that would be so important to their health, they start to get it and they start to understand. And I think there just needs to be more of a discussion around those topics and making fe people feel very comfortable about their sexuality. It can be very hard and tricky, but it can be done. Absolutely. Okay, let's move to the, the last question I have. This one says, I get cramping after an orgasm. Uh, is something wrong and can I do anything about it? It's in my lower stomach. Yeah, that's a great question. That falls way back to an anatomy. Anatomy um, and physiology, part of how our body responds to orgasms and to climaxing. Um, because of all the nerve stimulation and all the muscle contractions that occur, um, from the cervix all the way up through the uterus, the uterus is like a muscle. So it's a muscle that it's going to contract after climaxing. The degree and the severity of how people contract is different for everyone. So if someone feels that it's more of painful, more than just a sensation that they notice, then things that they can actually do is have things that are ready, you know, that they can have in their room or wherever they usually have intercourse, such as a heating pad that they can immediately put on their stomach if it's that painful, or if they know that they're going to engage in some type of sexual uh, intercourse, sometimes taking an anti-inflammatory before they have sexual intercourse by about 30 minutes to an hour, such as ibuprofen. And that, again, can decrease the amount of uh, irritation, crampiness that they feel after climaxing. Okay, great. Well, thank you so much. These are, these are great answers. I'm sure we're going to get a lot more questions after people hear this podcast. So I'll beg you to come back on uh, yes, at another please. time. <laughs> so you're, you're in Dallas now, but you're heading to New York shortly. You have something coming up with the Blog Her Health event? Yes, this is so important to me. You know, blogging is, it's, it's an amazing field in which women can, and, and men can actually share their experiences and their journeys through blogging. And BlogHer is probably the premier blogging conference. And this year they decided to do a component of BlogHer called BlogHer Health, just on health, whether that's wellness, fitness, journeys in different conditions in health. It is amazing. And I'm so ha happy to be a keynote speaker there because we're going to have some amazing speakers like Jillian Michaels. And we're also going to have Ariana Huffington and some amazing. Oh, wow. Women. Yeah. We're just going to be talking about all different aspects of health, whether that's mental, emotional, physical, and also social. That's pretty exciting that your, your picture, your name are going to be next to, so, I mean, you're a big name and, but Ariana Huffington, that's pretty exciting for you. I'm so happy. Yeah, I'm really excited. I'm really excited to see how our, this is like the inaugural Blog Her Health event. And I'm really hoping that we can push this agenda to keep having a Blog Her Health every year. And I want to see you there one year. Absolutely. And well, they're lucky to have you and uh, you're a really great speaker. I know that I didn't, you know, open up the floor for you to be funny, but you're very funny. I've, <laughs> I've done events with you in the past. And so I, I encourage everyone to check out this work and check out the blogger health event in new york city at the end of january january 31st you can check out blogher.com and check out their conferences so dr shepherd thank you so much for being with me today always a pleasure thanks i look forward to talking to you soon thanks thanks so much to dr shepherd and thank you to you for tuning in if you have questions about sex and relationships 
Be sure to send them my way and subscribe to this podcast. And please share with your friends if you think they might have something to learn, don't we all? And of course, I'm on all social media at Sex with Dr. Jess. So if I don't see you this week in Ottawa or Hong Kong or Vancouver, I look forward to seeing you online. Until next week, have a great one. You're listening to the Sex with Dr. Jess podcast. Improve your sex life, improve your life. Thank you.